feel like we should have known this already Were we even taught this at all? And welcome to Will This Be On The Test? I'm Maddie. And I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk about some things we should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And I think that's the first time in like two months I've gotten the intro right. You got it right, (laughs) and you interrupted me from doing my part, and I've I've lost my thread of what I was going to say. Oh, do you need me to restart? No, no, I'm good. (laughs) And sometimes Austin gets scared of robbers and build home alone traps in his house because Maddie's on vacation. I was not on vacation. I was on a business trip. In Orlando. Yes, it was in Orlando. And yes, I spent a lot of time by and in the pool. And yes, I had a 65 inch flat screen, high definition television, but I was not on vacation. Eh, Tomato, tomato. (laughs) Uh, I actually was. It was my first ever real business trip. I mean, I've gone to conferences before and blah, 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 stuff I had to pay for out of pocket and... Stuff that, you know, every teacher to get that extra like 200 bucks a year spends thousands to get there. And that's what I was doing. So I went in there and I was like, I don't know the etiquette of this. The last time I went on a business trip, I was 12 and it was to the Goodwill Games with my dad because <laughs> he actually, I do mean that was a business trip. Um, so I had no idea what the etiquette was. And I know this will shock all of you, but I'm a nervous talker. Uh, I don't know if I even told Austin this. I was meeting new people who I loved. Like I work at a company that is legitimately an international company. And we, most of us, never met each other. And I actually told them, guys, I talk a lot. I'm a nervous talker. If you ever just look at me and say, shut up, Maddie, I won't be offended. Nobody did tell me to shut up. I did teach them Austin's Celine Dion trick. (laughs) Because it actually came up naturally in conversation. I don't know how. I mean, Celine Dion comes up in lots of conversations. She is an icon for a reason. But I'd like to uh, make it very clear that Austin is not allowed to say shut up, Maddie, and have it not be mean. No, it's I can't. I I have to take in the talking. I am. Um, and then when he gets tired, he puts on Celine Dion and I have to do a Celine Dion impression. But he has to watch. So yeah. really, he's making a choice. It's true. But yeah, it was fun. I got a little bit of sun for the first time in six years. Now you understand, I spent the last like two years out walking six plus miles every single day. Zero sun. Um, we have, I have what we joke as uh, corpse hands in photos. They look blue. Um, they would probably just look really pale now. But two, a year and a half, I think, I walked almost every day. And I did it on purpose so I could get a, get a tan. Not so I could get healthier, although it helps. Um, so I could get a tan. Nothing. Spent a few days in Orlando and it was just like maybe an hour or two at the pool each day. Except for this one day I had the entire pool to myself for a solid 20 minutes at oh. a major resort. And I just lied there and I floated and watched the clouds, looked for shapes in the clouds, and I found my happy place. <laughs> like when there was like meditate, think about a place that brings you joy. And Every time I would try to before, my brain, because it's broken, would go, yes, but remember the really bad thing that happened right before or right after? For me, the worst thing that happened was a kid came into the pool afterwards. <gasps> How which dare they? It was actually kind of funny because I think she at point, I, I couldn't quite hear what she said, but she was with her mom or grandma. It was dark. I couldn't quite tell. And she goes, it's a, de- I think she said, it's a dead body. 
Well, you do have corpse hands. And I kind of just sat there like, what did she say? And then she said whatever it was. Like, and I think that's what it is. And her grandma's like, what? She goes, I'm just kidding. It's a person. <laughs> and I got up and I kind of waved at them. Yeah. And while uh, she was sunning herself by the pool, I was at home cleaning up various piles of cat puke. Yes. And he also missed me. So he got me a poster from the movie Scream. And I'm really mad because they're making Scream 6. Um, and he got me a Golden Girls fanny pack. And a candle. And a candle well, okay. that smells like deodorant. It, I didn't think it smelled like deodorant until you told me it did. Now that's I all I can okay. smell. Okay, do you not like the smell of deodorant? Because that's a different conversation. No, it's, I, I enjoy the smell of deodorant, but it's like now it's like, I just got a deodorant candle. It's like Yeah, it, and what's the purpose of this candle? To make the cats less stinky. Exactly. Yeah. No, in my defense, I would have bought these for her even if she had been in town. Because there was like there was like random sales and stuff popping up. Why is up. that in your defense? Like you... I don't know because I don't want to seem like that's like I missed my wife, so I bought her things. I did miss my wife, then I did buy her things. Okay, maybe I am that person. <laughs> What's wrong with being that person? I don't know. Toxic masculinity. It's that's what's wrong with me. I mean, there we go. I think it's like. Neither one of our love languages is like giving or receiving of gifts. So it's kind of weird to both of us. Yeah. Um, Because for me, like, you know, I'll stop and be like, oh, Austin will like this, but it's like a cheap, like, necessity thing. He's a lot better at the Sarah will want this, Maddie will want this. And you guys already know my real name. It doesn't matter. But Um, they will never know that my real name is actually Mortimer. Damn. Austin's named after the town that has the spam museum. Yes, and I I'm am. secretly jealous because I want to be named after a, pl- a place with a cool museum like that. Yeah, I'm named after spam. We need to go there. We do. I got a Pokemon Go friend like gift from Austin, Minnesota today. Ooh, I'm pretty excited. I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna put the little postcard on my pin board, and I hope it's of the spam museum because I would. I mentioned to them, I was like, my husband's named after Austin, Minnesota, where the spam museum is. I'm hoping it's from there. <laughs> Of course, none of the Minnesotans have ever been to the Spam Museum. Well, it's like, you know, New Yorkers never go to the Statue of Liberty. The Spam Museum is the Statue of Liberty of Minnesota. I don't think so. I, they I'm don't They don't sure go to the Mall of America. That was actually a topic of conversation that we had. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've been to the Mall of America. She goes, yeah, real people, people who live there avoid it. And I go, I can't blame you. That place was insane. <laughs> um, except for the... Uh, Amusement park in the middle. Apparently, that's like that's an acceptable place to go when you live there. Because if you got kids, yeah, it's like it's winter and they need to burn off some energy somehow. Oh, it's not Snoopy anymore. What? Yeah, uh, the only camp Snoopy left, as far as I can tell, is the one at Worlds of Fun. It's Nickelodeon now. That's slightly cooler, but this also kicks um, me in the childhood. No, nothing is cooler than the Peanuts cartoons. I've actually been thinking I should talk about Charles Schultz sometime. Ooh, that would be a good topic. I really am. I, the reason I've been avoiding it, honestly, is I'm afraid that uh, my research will ruin him for me. Because, like, there's such heartwarming stories about Charles Short, Schultz out there. And I'm like, please don't ruin this. We've been talking for a bit. Yes, but, like, we have. It's almost like we haven't seen each other very much in five days at this point. So yeah. you're actually hearing, like, our normal catch-up conversations. Yeah. Hello, all. Um, so I guess... I think I go first because I talked about St. Olga of Kiev last time. Yes, and I talked about alchemy. And folks, if you haven't listened to last week's, last week I think was the most fun we've had in a long time with our topics. And is it bad that I my respect for St. Olga of Kiev has only risen since then where I'm like, man, that bitch killed people in some creative ways. It's like she, 
she murdered men, and that's really what I want in a heroic. Oh figure. no, she murdered an entire city. Like yeah. there were kids there. Um, <laughs> but she was like creative about it, and also she faked her way into sainthood. Isn't that what all Catholics like me strive for? Oh, I will get you canonized. Mark my words. Okay, you understand that canonizing doesn't mean shot out of a cannon, right? I retract my statement. Okay. Well, I'm taking a different direction with uh, deaths this week because we are still talking history. So, of course, we have to have deaths. But like last time, we have political intrigue. We have um, cover-ups, like, you know, St. Olga covering up the guys in the boat. (laughs) We have racism, which wasn't part of last week, but probably was. I mean, it was implied. Everything has implied racism. I'm talking about the bubonic plague. Oh. Now, pop quiz. When was the bubonic plague? Uh, I'm going to say it's actually a series of several smaller plagues that we have kind of put into one thing, because I think there was lots of outbreaks of it. Where was it? Europe. See, Austin's now caught on that he's not supposed to be answering based on the things I have told him about what I'm talking about this week. I know lots about diseases. I like diseases. I don't, well, I don't actually like diseases. Okay, Austin makes fun of me because I, my, uh, you know, most people doom scroll. I get deeper and deeper into the weird diseases on the internet, which is how I know that Cyclops babies can't survive, but sometimes Cyclops animals can for at least a short time. Also, it's all terrifying, and I don't recommend looking up these photos. No. I make Austin look at them, and he's like, why did I marry you? <laughs> well, especially because it'll be at like, it's like, I'm going, I'm sorry, I'm getting ready for bed. Okay, just come look at this mutated animal. It's like, oh, that's horrifying. Did you know? I mean, everybody knows that the plague has hit the United States. Not the current plague, which is COVID, yeah. but the bubonic plague. Everybody, not everybody, it's, I was always trained by my forensics coach not say everybody knows. It has been reported over the years that we have the occasional case of bubonic plague typically brought in when somebody travels abroad, which is not to say those places have widespread bubonic plague. It's just that it's still there a little bit more. Kind of like some places still have polio, so you've got to get the vaccine before yeah. you go. There is not, I don't believe, a bubonic plague vaccine to this day. There was one. We'll talk about that. I am talking about the bubonic plague epidemic that hit the United States just over 100 years ago. What? Yes. You mean in school you were never told that the bubonic plague came to the United States and killed a bunch of people? No, that was strictly a Europe problem. So yeah, we, we never even talked about how it hit like Asia and Africa really badly. Yeah. Despite the fact that that would be right in our wheelhouse, considering where it came from for the United States. Maybe. We don't actually know for sure what really happened with any of this. Nothing is ever confirmed, which goes back to my um, seemingly now standard beginning of episode thing. There are conflicting reports about every part of this. I'm actually not going to mention a whole lot of dates because there is some confusion on those. I will talk about the things. So if you've heard different versions of this story... Feel free to, like, tweet them at us. That's great. Just don't be like, you got this wrong. Uh, First of all, I am not a historian. My research goes beyond cursory, but not into thesis levels. And I try to find the things that are most common. But you might have heard different versions of this if you learned it at all, which you probably didn't unless you went out of your way to. Oh. So there were several waves of plague epidemic. Austin was right about that. The first one being hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. 
The second one also being hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And then the next one starting in 1855 in China, which spread to India and killed over 15 million people total. Ooh, that's a lot of people. Hong Kong was a major shipping port from China to the U.S., and the plague hit Hong Kong in 1894. The U.S. was like, oh, shit, we don't want the plague coming here because we knew we knew what was going on. And they actually did inspect the ships. They looked for sick people like they were actually doing stuff. Thing is, they didn't know about rats and fleas, which is funny because that had already been discovered. People yeah. already knew that rats carried fleas and the fleas and the rats spread the plague. That was known and we just ignored it. <laughs> huh. I believe it was a French guy who discovered it. I forgot to write his name down. But rumors began in 1898 saying the plague had reached San Francisco. They fought off um, any of the rumors saying, oh, yeah, those Chinese guys who showed up on the ships. No, they all just have like pneumonia and other lung problems. Don't worry, it's not the plague. They just all have symptoms of the plague and are dying of the plague, but it's not the plague. But then Hawaii got hit. (gasps) Hawaii was not yet a state, but it was recently a territory. They were like, oh, shit, these are all the plague symptoms and everyone's dying. We don't like this. So they, though, believed that only Chinese and other Asian people could get the plague because apparently we had forgotten about the previous two waves. Oh, this sounds way too familiar. So they quarantined the Asian people. I am unclear on if that means the native Hawaiians, but I actually don't think it does. By basically locking up their Chinatown. Because they had a Chinatown. Uh, But then, then, the unimaginable happened. A white teenager who lived nearby got the plague. (gasps) The horror. A white kid got it. So the Board of Health was like, all right, we've got got to do it. We've got to get rid of the plague. The only way we know how. There's a lot of people in this apartment complex with the plague. What do you think they did? Did they... Did they burn it to the ground? They burned it to the ground. No, I was thinking of the most horrible thing. They burned this apartment complex down. Oh! It didn't stop the spread of the plague. So uh, the only way to fight bubonic plague and fire is with more fire. So they lit more stuff on fire and they forgot wind existed. So the fire burned for 18 days, took out 38 acres of land, and left 6,000 people homeless and still with the plague. Oh no, this is bad. Yeah. Meanwhile, more deaths are occurring on boats as they're coming across to deliver their wares, and some of the dead bodies are now being thrown into the San Francisco Bay. Oh no, these sad, tragic drowning deaths, they're definitely not the plague. Oh Then cases began coming in from Brazil, because people who aren't Asian can get it. Uh, But they were like, okay, guys, stay on your fucking boat and like just toss the stuff. I don't know how they got the stuff out of the boat, but they did. And then they started coming over on Japanese boats with the plague and then Australian boats with the plague. The plague actually had become a pandemic, essentially, although most places weren't hit as hard as like China and India or kind of us eventually. But shh, we're not supposed to talk about it. Despite this obvious spread that had begun to enter the United States, San Francisco had an article run in February of, I didn't write it down, 1900, uh, declaring the city plague-proof. How'd that go for the Titanic? Well, I'm fairly certain the Titanic wasn't 
sunk by plague. So pretty good. Um, and then we got a shipment from Honolulu. Now, by this time, um, this guy I'll talk about named Dr. Joseph Kenyon. Uh, and it sounds like an Asian named Kenyon, but it's not. Um, it took me a while to figure out, like, I didn't find out much. There's actually a lot about him, but I didn't find out much about his background. Um, but as far as I can tell, he is not of Asian descent. Um, he was like, okay, any boat coming in from a place that has known plague cases is going to wave, have a yellow flag. That way we know we have to handle this boat differently. Like he was actually thinking um, that was literally his job. He was like the board of health in charge of quarantining because apparently that was a job. His, and he was sent there as a punishment. Because San Francisco had the highest rate of needs for quarantine in the country at the time for a ton of reasons. Again, he deserves his own episode. He's fascinating. But yeah, he was like, okay, bet. And went to San Francisco. And then all of a sudden the plague showed up. Um, The ships from Honolulu were docking near Chinatown's sewers. Now, they were still doing a pretty good job of keeping people on board. Rats don't stay on board. No. And they were noticing a rise in the number of dead rats in the San Francisco sewer system and San Francisco streets. The first official death on U.S. soil was Chick Jin, a Chinese-born American resident, as in he legally lived in the United States and did not come over on one of these boats. He lived in San Francisco and had for over a decade. Doctors were like, oh, it must be typhus or gonorrhea because the Chinese all get gonorrhea, Um, which means statistically that there was a higher rate of gonorrhea in that Chinatown, but maybe that's because everything there was disgusting. And I don't mean the Chinese people, I mean the landlords. Uh, so they were medicating him for these things, and he died after four weeks of being in like this abject suffering state. So they examined his body, and they were like, oh shit, they're like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like pustules, but not quite that. The dark spots. Um, and so Dr. Joseph Kenyon comes in, and he's like, so that's the plague. And he went, and he's like, Hey guys, it's the plague. And so immediately Chinatown was quarantined. They closed it in with rope and police guards overnight. There was no warning about this. This affected 35,000 people. Now, if they had reason to believe this was limited to, to Chinatown, quarantining might have made sense. They had no reason to think that it was going to remain limited to Chinatown. Um, in fact, Chinatown was the perfect place to spread it to the rest of the city because they had a very popular red light district for the quote-unquote unmarried men of the rest of the city to come sleep with married women. That's how they <gasps> advertise themselves. Oh. Yeah. Um, so basically the white dudes are coming in having sex with the women who work in the red light district and then carrying the plague via penis back to their families. However, and also, okay, we had just learned from Hawaii that you don't have to be Asian to get the plague, which we also should have learned from the previous plague outbreaks and the fact that Australian ships are bringing it in and the fact that Brazilian ships are bringing it in. But we still didn't figure that out. There were, of course, white people living in Chinatown. They were allowed to come and go as they pleased. Oh, God. Meanwhile, there were white doctors and uh, doctors of all races who were outside like, hey, we can go in and help. Like, we want to we want to go enter. And they're like, no. So white people who lived there were allowed to come and go as they pleased because they can't spread it. But doctors who were like, we're here to help. We're told to fuck off. I was telling Austin, I'm like, Austin, things have not changed. They really haven't. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, no. Uh, Mayor James D. Phelan wanted Chinese speakers separated from white people, saying that those ones were dirty and dangerous. But the Board of Health stepped in and was like, we don't know what causes the plague because for some reason, again, they had not listened to the reports saying that fleas cause it. 
And the quarantine was stopped after two and a half days. They had figured out that after about 48 hours of exposure, you could tell whether somebody was going to get it, which I mean, better than COVID. Where yeah. You never fucking know if you've got it. Um, and the day the quarantine ended, this is where things really start to sound like COVID times. I did not realize that it was going in this direction until I was halfway through my research, guys, and I was not fucking changing. But we have in our story, we have an Anthony Fauci. We have a Donald Trump. We have a variety of governors with varying opinions. We have a whole group of people who have decided to basically call this a pandemic, or as they put it, a plague fake is part of plot to plunder. That was a bad sentence. This was a headline in the San Francisco Chronicle, claiming that the plague was made up to undermine the city's economy, because who doesn't want to ruin an economy for no reason? I mean, that's what I'm always doing. I mean, I know that's what the Bitcoin bros are doing, but... Well, they've done that too. They've done it to themselves. Yeah, it's not hurting us. I love it. They're like, we needed some regulations in this. It's like, you, you, my God, you guys... The article also said, and this will sound familiar again, the bubonic plague less dangerous than measles and mumps. I am physically angry. Yeah, now back then in terms of actual hard numbers, yes, more danger or the measles mumps were more dangerous because more people got it, ergo more people died. But the bubonic plague statistically is more likely to kill you. It's kind of like, yeah, you're more likely to break your leg than you are to like break your neck. It doesn't mean breaking your neck is less dangerous. You can still die from breaking your leg, too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the California governor, who I will refrain from calling Donald Trump at any point during this, named Henry Gage, denied any of this was happening. And the newspapers were like, oh, yeah, no, none of this is happening. It's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. The health board hid information and restricted who was allowed to write death certificates because anybody who would write down plague as the cause was a problem for them. So only hand-picked doctors were allowed to now write death certificates. But then enter William Randolph Hearst, who we have heard of on this podcast before. I believe it was on the episode yeah. of Stockholm Syndrome. And, I th and maybe uh, the Newsies. Yeah. Um, it might be his son who was on the Stockholm Syndrome one. Yeah. He published the truth in a special edition of the New York Journal. Because shockingly, even though they're trying to keep it quiet, everybody knew. Yeah. Across the country. Like throughout this entire thing, I want you to know other governments across this country knew and some of them actually were, like, saying shit about it. Like, um, are we just ignoring the fact that California is killing people? They discovered, like, Ken Yoon had already determined, yes, he died of plague. He's like, shit, they're not believing me. Okay, what do I need to do? Let's test this on animals. I don't want to know what samples they took from Chick for this, but they took some samples from him, gave them to animals. Those animals all got plague and died. And it was different types of animals, which confirmed that it was plague. So the Board of Health was like, huh, okay, well, we got to take care of it. So they disinfected some stuff. And they're like, oh, it didn't really work. Let's light it on fire. <laughs> um, and I will say that it helped a little bit, like burning some of the worst stuff down and, you know, disinfecting helped a little bit. But they didn't tell anybody it was the plague or what to do or give suggestions about how to protect themselves. So shockingly, the numbers went back up because if they had just worn masks, this probably never would have happened. Screaming. Inside. Wearing masks, washing your hands. Now, granted, they probably didn't know about a lot of this. And also, since you got it from fleas, maybe mask wearing wouldn't help that much. But I'm just saying. Basic precautions, they weren't told to take them. This is not their fault. And also, their landlords did not give them a basic standard of living. Everybody's living on top of each other in filth. You know what likes filth? Fleas, fleas and, rats. and rats. Well, because of how they were treating people when they reported, 
the residents of Chinatown got really scared. They were more scared of the government's behavior toward them when they reported than actually having the plague. So they stopped reporting when they got sick. And so people just died at home or got better at home and spread it and spread it and spread it because they were too afraid to tell the government that they think they had plague because they knew they weren't going to get um, treatment. So as animals died, uh, the testing animals, Surgeon General Walter Wyman said, hey, guys, um, it's fleas. Fleas are transmitting it. They had already figured that out. Like I mentioned, just ignored it. But now, you know, American guy is telling them. So like, oh, okay, but we're still going to cover this up. So this information could have helped the entire world and we didn't want to tell anyone. So yeah, it'd been figured out, but it wasn't apparently widely, widely known. We could have saved like the fucking world by making sure people knew about this. We didn't. Governor Heavenier Gage was like, no plagues happening. Right? Railroad owners and businessmen. And they were like, absolutely. There's no plague happening. So the economy was more important than saving lives. However, since people could not leave Chinatown, a lot of people lost their jobs. God damn. Damn it! I hate. It's like I heard a phrase a, a couple days ago that's like you know history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. Yeah, this this is that. This is that a lot. Now we've got Dr. Joseph Kenyon. Now I'm not going to say Dr. Joseph was perfect, but he is the Anthony Fauci in that situation. He did some things clearly just to save his job. Like there are places where he could have fought harder. At the same time, though, like you know, I part of the reason I didn't leave teaching for as long as I did was because who's going to replace me? Do I know they're going to care as much? Which battles do I pick? That was him in a lot of this, from what I could tell. Dr. Kenyon was the founder of the Hygienic Laboratory, which later became the National Institutes of Health. He was known for his work in the fight against cholera and other highly communicable diseases because he was Dr. Fauci. In fact, in 2012, I believe, Dr. Fauci co-authored a paper clearing Dr. Kenyon's name. He was the one who had confirmed the plague in Jen's body, and as more deaths followed and he continued to not be believed, he went to the Surgeon General and was like, bro, this is a fucking epidemic now. We need to go to President McKinley. And he suggested these methods that were later used to flatten the curve in the Spanish flu, and that we tried again in our flu, and it didn't work because nobody agreed to do it. President McKinley was like, oh yeah, bet, um, but Henry Gage is like really rich. So let's quarantine Chinatown again. Kenyon was like, God damn it. Nobody's listening to me. I'm just trying to make it so people don't die. So he went back to the Surgeon General um, and Surgeon General Weinman went to a guy named Lyman Gage. Lyman Gage was not related to Henry Gage as far as I could find, although that would make this story so fucking exciting because Lyman Gage was like, oh, well, fuck Henry Gage. So he brought in a team of three medical experts who had already worked with the plague in other parts of the world to examine the bodies and the illnesses. And they went through and they're like, yeah, this is a fucking plague epidemic. And they went to the governor who was like, you guys are really stupid. They're like young and undertrained. And I have the best words. So no, they're lying. He went so far as to say that they were injecting corpses with the plague. So that they could fake the plague. And I'm like, you know that... How does that... That doesn't work. No, I was actually about to say, like, you don't have blood pumping. So even if you can't inject it, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Why not just say it has the plague if you're going to go that... If you're going to, like, try to lie about it. Also, there is no valid reason to pretend there's a plague epidemic. No one wants to ruin a city's economy. So they were like, okay, please just let us continue studying it. Like, them and other doctors were like, we need to at least study it and see what the fuck is happening if it's not the plague. And they're like, no, 
because they were using UC Berkeley. So he went to UC Berkeley. He goes, if you let these guys keep using your lab, I'm cutting your funding. So now they had no place to study it. So they were like, shit. So the plague just kept fucking going. And Wyman ended up having to force another quarantine and refused to allow any East Asians into California. Any of them. From If they were immigrants, they could get here like the next day after a six-month boat trip and they were turned away. Kenyon had to help enforce this because he was in charge of the quarantine system in San Francisco. Um, some sources say he chose to help. My guess is it goes back to, at least I give a shit. Who knows who would replace me? But that does come up later. Because uh, guess what happens with him? Things don't go well. He was also forced or volunteered, depending on the source, to vaccinate every single Asian person in Chinatown against the plague. It was an experimental vaccine that had not been proved for humans, and as far as I could tell, had little to no human testing beforehand. These people were not volunteers like the human test subjects were for COVID, and they already knew that this vaccine had terrible, if not fatal, side effects regularly. I'm not talking about the tiny percentage of people who have an allergic reaction. I'm talking about this vaccine kills people. And it only provided six months of protection. The plague got worse. So to the point where the state legislature said, oh, God damn, I guess we have to do our fucking jobs. So they're like, Gage, come talk to us. And he asked when he told them, the federal government is here, which was true. The federal government was, was there. And them and Kenyon are together injecting the plague into cadavers. And the legislature was like, yeah, that makes sense. We, we believe that. And he also backed a censorship bill gagging the media against reporting on this. The legislature was like, no, we can't do that. That's the First Amendment. Which, guys, if you go back to our earlier episodes, I do an entire episode on freedom of the press and the First Amendment. However, they could gag reports coming directly from doctors. So doctors were not allowed to publish reports on what they were finding. And the legislature gave Gage $100,000 for a public campaign lying about the plague and smearing Dr. Kenyon, which would amount to about $3.4 million today. Oh my god. Gage then arranged for a special commission to go to D.C. to get Kenyon removed. They agreed. D.C. agreed, so long as California agreed to do some basic precautions to stop the plague. Gage was like, cool, cool, we can, we can do that as long as you agree to keep this all a secret. And the White House was like, bet, yeah, all right, so we got this plan. We're going to move Kenyon out. You're going to fix the plague. And we're all going to pretend none of this happened. That was the agreement. So Kenyon was removed. He was sent to Detroit. Uh, Gage was like, <laughs> gotcha. Did not do a damn thing. Did not care that the plague was ravaging, not just that entire area, but it was spreading because that's how it works. Um, but they replaced Kenyon with a guy named Rupert Blue, who was like, plague, huh? Cool. How are we going to stop it? And they're like, there is no plague. He's like, I'm pretty sure there's plague is here. So uh, I'm going to like undermine your whole disinformation campaign. So he did that. I didn't find as much about him, but it does sound like he culled a bunch of the rats. Hmm. Which was, I mean, it's not going to fix the problem, but it's a good start. Because uh, I'm not normally for culling animals, even if I am older than them. But <laughs> but in this case, it does make sense because they know they're coming from fleas that came on rats. So maybe the rats are the problem. I get that. But yeah, he, act, he, was, a, he was even more vocal than Kenyon was. <laughs> I believe you've talked about the Chinese Exclusion Act. Yes. Uh, this is when it became permanent. Oh. During this. 
and it stuck around until 1943. If you did not listen to that episode, and why would you? Because it was Austin. Uh, in simplest terms, it banned all Chinese immigrants from entering the U.S. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Chinatown remained quarantined. White Americans could still leave, but Asian Americans couldn't without a health certificate, which meant they lost their jobs because you can't get a health certificate if you can't see a doctor and the doctors aren't allowed in. The Chinese Consolidated Benevolent Association filed against Ken Yoon and the Board of Help, Health. They said residents of Chinatown are being denied their 14th Amendment rights. Which they were. Uh, federal Judge William W. Morrow actually agreed and said California could not prove Chinese residents were more likely to get plague. And since they can't prove that, they can't justify quarantining just Chinatown. This actually set precedence for quarantine limits, which is why you weren't allowed to leave your house during COVID. Another reason the judge agreed to lift the quarantine um, was because of the lies, though he actually did believe that there was no epidemic. So why worry about quarantining? The board tried to reissue the quarantine because basically he came on, you can't talk about race when you're issuing quarantine. That's what his ruling was. Um, okay. How about we say we're quarantining these blocks of the city, but making exception for exceptions for any white owned businesses in there. And the judge was like, no, that still is the same thing. You use the word white, damn it. So that didn't work. Despite the federal government keeping this quiet, nothing stays, pri stays private for long. As you know, some other governors had already found out, and they were deciding what to do. Now we're in 1902, two years after this began, they have managed to keep this quiet for two years. Possibly longer because of the potential cases starting in the um, late 1890s. Over 20 delegations from different states went to D.C. They said they would force a quarantine themselves on the entire state of California, meaning California could neither import nor export anything to the rest of the United States unless the president did something. Well, Gage is there and he's like, it's all lies told by Kenyon and the federal government. And they're all like, um, no, it's being reported by actual newspapers like the, the Associated Press is on this now. <laughs> Stop it. You're killing people. Even the people who had supported Gage earlier began to turn on him at this point because they realized, oh, shit, we're going to lose all of our money because the rest of the country is mad at us now. So he, all of his political allies began to leave. The railroad Republican, he was a Republican, the railroad Republican faction wouldn't support his renomination. That was like the group he needed. So they focused on the mayor of Oakland, George Party, with a D, not a T-Y. Uh, let's uh, say because it's time for party in the USA. He was a doctor. <laughs> so he won. <laughs> and Gage went to give his final speech to the legislature in 1903. And he told them to attack the capital. No, he told them there was no plague. <laughs> but Kenyon's rep reputation did not survive, even though they did confirm there was, in fact, a plague and that Kenyon had tried to stop it. By the end of this, two solid years from the time of the first confirmed death of the plague until Henry Gage was taken out of office, still denying that the plague existed, even though people everywhere had the plague. This is a major government cover-up, not just in California, but at the federal level. The federal government sent people to help and still helped cover it up at the same fucking time. Um, over a hundred people had died. Only two reported cases survived. Now, that sounds like a low number. Remember what I said earlier about them not reporting it? Yeah. There aren't even estimates about how many people probably got, probably died of this. There aren't Ooh. even estimates. Wow. That I could find. 
because people became so afraid to report it that we have no idea. These are just the confirmed ones. About 103, I think. Two confirmed survivors. The rest of them died. But, you know, for every 103 people who get the mumps, only two survive, right? I don't know. No. No. It just makes your balls swell. I don't really know much about the mumps, but I do know it affects your ability to reproduce as a dude. Anyway. The new governor went after the rat population because he was a doctor and understood the causes. The last cases kind of were reported in 1904, but at the same time, it came back in 1907. And they found out that 1.5% of rats were infected, which means it never actually went away. Oh, God. And the newspapers still didn't care. (laughs) So this was covered up for two years, and it raises a lot of questions about COVID, if you ask me. Because, you know, our first, let's see, we found out about it in March of 2020. I remember because it was right around my birthday. We had friends getting sick with something very similar to COVID in December of 2019 and earlier. Yeah. Now, we didn't even hear about COVID in the United States like as even existing until like January. How long was COVID happening before they were like, oh, shit, we got to say something? I'm guessing it had been a while. Yeah. So if it was a pandemic, it wasn't pandemic very well. No. And in fact, we have discovered that infected rats and squirrels. Um, squirrels? Yeah, because they're basically rats. Except <gasps> cuter. Actually, no, that's not even true. I love ma- I love rats and I love squirrels. Uh, you know that they have legs and they can like, go places? Yeah. They left San Francisco. What? Some even left California. Oh, my God. It's just like Fifle goes west, but backwards. And in, 25, in uh, 1924, 2,500 Mexican-Americans underwent the same shit. Plague broke out in a Mexican-American area. Um, they were quarantined. And they were all fired from their jobs. Their houses were burned down because we learned nothing and 40 of them died. Hey, at least this pandemic, we haven't been burning down people's houses. Nature was just doing that on its own. Because we didn't rake. We didn't rake. The beautiful forest cities of Finland. So, as Austin was saying, history rhymes. We ended up with a smear campaign against the one person who was trying to save everybody. Fauci, coincidentally, was a co-writer on that paper I mentioned. Um, We had people denying it was happening, even at the highest levels of government, using misinformation and racism to do so. And there were anti-Asian hate crimes happening all over the place. In short, it's been about 116 years and we still haven't learned. No. And this episode was actually not supposed to be that big of a bummer, but by the time I realized it was, I was in it to win it, folks. <laughs> uh. So yeah, um, there were three plague epidemics throughout history, and this was the technically, we've actually managed to not be part of the third one. Ooh. We have technically, because we lied so much, not been included in the last one. <laughs> well, that's still just China and, and India. It doesn't affect us. No, no. Are you ready for some questions? I'm ready for questions. Will this be on the test? There was an actual plague epidemic in the United States, and it was as recently as the 1900s. Yes. The person who was raising the red flag was made out to be the villain. Yeah, that'll be on the test. The president was too scared to stand up to a local politician. No, that will never be on the test. Which one was McKinley anyway? Uh, He was the teapot dome scandal guy with a bunch of like weird cronyism. It was... Um, up until recently, the biggest White House scandal. I don't know what the Teapot Dome scandal is. So. I, it's 
very complicated. And I was waiting for you to say, I did an episode on that. I'm like, that would not surprise me. We are lucky if we remember what we said. Like, we had a discussion before this. What did we talk about last week? Yeah. Two weeks I, ago. It was actually, I didn't do an episode on the Teapot Dome Scandal. It was a two-part episode on the Teapot Dome Scandal. <laughs> it was a month. Back when we were doing this once a week. It was four episodes. The longest run we've had was three episodes, wasn't it? It was yeah. my Black History film. Yes. Which was phrased better. Yeah. It was worded what with the good speaking. Mm-hmm. I have the best words. The just best like words. Henry Gage. <sighs> so is, is it my turn? I don't know. Are you done being bummed out by the fact that we well, haven't learned don't anything? Worry. Don't worry. So you know how we just said um, history doesn't repeat, it rhymes? Well, uh, so do podcast topics, apparently. Jesus. Okay, so if you need a breather, we highly recommend you go check out our TikTok at On The Test Pod, our Facebook On The Test Pod, our Twitter On The Test Pod, or OnTheTestPod.com. We're not saying it's less depressing there, but we are saying that you get to see our faces and scary dolls. And their oh, cats. Oh, we didn't talk about the ghost. We can talk about the ghost later. I want to do my subject. Okay, so guys, stick around. Make sure you actually listen to what Austin says. I know. Because he encountered our ghosts. And I do mean ghosts. Plural. While I was out of town. Yeah. So, uh, like, you know, she was talking just talking about plague. Well, I'm going to be talking about a more different plague. (laughs) Is it humanity? It's tuberculosis. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Uh, what was that? (sighs) What was that called? Sort of the C? Consumption. Consumption. Yeah. Well, I'm, I am I know that after the last few years, nobody wants to hear somebody talk about a respiratory disease, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, I kind of would have liked to have somebody talk about it to a person who was on the plane in front of me before before we took off. <laughs> what respiratory you disease You had a are? rough flight. Uh, you know, the kids weren't bad. I, was, du- I have a double ear infection. No, the oh. kid did not say oh. that. The kid was just in pain and crying, and I felt bad for him. Somebody walked by and was like, oh, he seems tired. Because actually, he has a double ear infection. And I'm like, so I Google, are ear infections contagious? And it said, the ear infections themselves usually aren't, but they can be caused by contagious bacteria and um, viruses. I'm like, Fuck. I was actually surrounded by nine babies on that flight. Nine. That's too many babies. I mean, I, f- I had my mask on and then I put my sleep mask on and my headphones on and I just was like wrapped up like a mummy across my face and went to sleep. <laughs> well, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to talk about a respiratory disease. Well, not so much the disease itself, but the impact it had on society. So you're going to talk about how it contributed to vampire lore? Oh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Is this because I talked to you about this a couple of weeks ago and you had no idea what I was talking about? Okay. You talk about a lot of things. No, I don't. It's True. pretty much like three topics. Yeah. Uh, ghosts, murder, and... Cryptids. Cryptids. And um, someone who is wrong on the internet. Usually about ghosts, ghosts. murder, or cryptids. Yeah. So, and because this had a really big impact on society. Like, colossal. And for those of you who don't know, tuberculosis is a type of bacterium. Uh, Mycobacterium tuberculosis. It's been around for thousands of years. And people started getting it about the same time we started domesticating cattle. The thought was it like jumped over from cattle to people because we domesticated them, but DNA analysis and examinations of like mum- lung tissue and mummified remains has determined that we probably got tuberculosis before we domesticated cattle. So it's been a long time. So it's not like how we got syphilis from llamas. I'm not. I'm not ruling that out. <laughs> uh. By the way, cannot confirm nor deny that. Have not researched it. It was a meme, but it makes me laugh. I'm just saying those ancient Mesopotamians were wild. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it affect tuberculosis affects the lungs, and it can cause cough, fatigue, weight loss, fever, chills, chest pains, coughing up blood, and death. It can also infect organs other than the lungs, but most commonly the lungs. I have done all of those things except die. Yep. And this was a lingering sickness that could last years before you finally died of it. So it's marriage. Hey. I'm making I, a lot of jokes at your expense tonight. You are, man. She's being, she's being very mean to me. Abuse! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, tuberculosis was the leading cause of death up until we discovered penicillin. And uh, in modern society, tuberculosis is treatable with antibiotics. But it takes months. But as an FYI, the leading cause of death for Austin is penicillin. Yes, I am allergic to penicillin. So I can't get tuberculosis. Actually, they don't use penicillin as much anymore because there are resistant strains of it. So uh, remember, if you're ever taking an antibiotic, take the entire course to help prevent uh, antibiotic-resistant bacteria from developing. And also... Antibiotics can lower the efficacy of your birth control, so if you plan to have sex while you are taking a round of antibiotics or in the couple of weeks following, make sure you use an additional form of contraceptive, such as a condom, unless you are in Idaho, in which case move. Yes. Oh, that's actually just great advice in general. If you're in Idaho, move. <laughs> so, uh, but even though I love describing, like, in way too much detail, horrifying medical facts and details, uh, that's not going to be the focus of this episode. Because, again, I'm talking about how it affected society. And uh, during the Victorian period, people were moving to cities in larger numbers than ever. Uh, Air pollution was weakening people's immune systems and making it easier for them to contract respiratory infections by damaging their lungs. And we didn't yet have any real understanding of how disease worked. Uh, It's like we thought it's like, oh, it's caused by bad air or other things. It's like they didn't know that there was like bacteria that was spreading between person person to person i mean bad air is technically not incorrect we just didn't know what was in the bad air and all of this kind of combined to just rampant cases of tuberculosis um it was killing more people than any other disease at the time it was top of the charts like it was above industrial accidents it was the elvis of diseases it no it was the beatles of diseases but 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. That's true. It was bigger than Jesus, just like the Beatles. Actually, uh, tuberculosis was not... I don't believe not... in Beatles. I just believe in me. I will say tuberculosis was, in fact, not bigger than Jesus. It's a bacteria and very tiny. And Jesus, as far as we can tell, was Let's... larger than a baby and smaller than a church. Okay, though. If we put together all of the individual bacteria... Oh, it's... Uh, is going... it... St- Still smaller than Jesus. A colossally larger. Okay, there we go. So tuberculosis as a pandemic was bigger than Jesus. Obviously, um, all the tuberculosis bacteria are going to form together, and Jesus is going to have to fight them with a flamethrower. It's like David and Goliath for the Victorian times. (laughs) I'd watch this movie, actually. In my head, though, it's not fire. It's a fire hose filled with penicillin. I don't know what penicillin is. It's a, uh, it's a liquid, I assume. It's a, it's a, it's a medication. There's actually, penicillin's really interesting, but that's another topic. It's the one that they found with, by accident, right? Kind of by accident. It was like. Or is that one of those kind of like, let's make this a more fun story? No, it was, uh, basically a guy didn't clean out his lab equipment It was a moldy well. bread thing, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then he licked it? I, I don't know what happened next. No, it's. So, yeah, tuberculosis, um, tended to kill poor people more often than the rich. Uh, it tended to kill women more often than men. 
And it also tended to infect younger people rather than older ones. So it was killing people in the primes of their lives. Um, but anybody could get Moulin it. We've all seen Moulin Rouge, so. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> so should, is this one of those ones where I should just kind of like leave the room until you call me in for the pop culture stuff? No, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we didn't know bacteria caused this disease at the time, the general consensus was there was something in the air that was making you sick. Or it was just the result of having a poor physical or mental fortitude. I mean, as somebody who gets sick a lot, can confirm. <laughs> and of course, there's also a certain amount of morality to it, too. It's like, oh, you're a, you, you, you don't have enough Jesus in your body, so you got the real sick. So it has a high morality and mortality rate. Yes. But no high immortality rate. That's what it is. You don't have a high, a high immor- immortality rate. Yeah, it was of course it was also the common belief at the time that it wasn't contagious. Yeah. So tuberculosis, most patients weren't avoided. They'd still be going about, walking around, hacking up blood onto people, I mean, and spread disease. That's kind of like how I plan to go out. Uh, again, I'm canonizing you. Keep talking. I just think I heard a third dog outside. This is our life. So yeah, I'm just gonna talk for a second while she is off yelling at the neighbors. I'm not yelling at anyone. Oh, she heard me. <laughs> she's confused and of all right co- to clarify we've got two dogs next door who like to talk yeah i thought i heard a her- third dog so i wanted to make sure our other neighbor's dog didn't go, go over to say yeah. hi and the younger dog heard me i don't even have the window open but she heard me and she ran over the fence like well woof, who's there are you gonna come pet me and i'm like i can't i'm recording a podcast yeah and of course this was like already a big part of culture because it was killing a lot of people but there was also another thing happening in England at, that influenced things even further. Queen Victoria was in mourning over the death of her concert, consort, Albert. Uh, from the time of his death in 1861 up until her own death in 1901, she wore black and was grieving his loss. She was basically Sarah Winchester. Yeah. And uh, because she was so publicly grieving... Death became a big topic of conversation for people. And people would have these elaborate funeral plans. They'd set aside money for like funerals for themselves or a loved one, even to the point of not having enough food so they'd have enough money for the elaborate funeral, which would cause people to die. It was yeah, a whole it's actually cycle. amazing the things Queen Victoria accidentally caused. Yeah. She's actually been a topic of wanting to cover, if nothing else, than about her influence over things that she didn't mean to influence like that. Yeah, there were entire books published about death etiquette and the proper ways to mourn or bury someone or like the state you should be in when you are buried, when you're dying. Yeah, again, we've all seen Beetlejuice. And of course, at this time, because there was all of this death happening, the spiritual spiritualist movement My kind people. of got going in society because people were obsessed with death and people were just dying after protracted illnesses. And it was it was a thing. And the Civil War and Ouija boards. We've talked about all of these things in previous episodes. And so, while this was always going on, tuberculosis, this slow wasting disease, became that was romanticized. The, the wasting disease. Yeah. It was called the gentle death. By the way, <laughs> it was not your death was protracted and painful. Uh, I have been legitimately, with cause, tested for tuberculosis on a number of occasions. I will tell you right now, the symptoms they're looking at, not gentle. Yeah. I thought I was going to die more than once. And it was also known as a beautiful disease and it was seen as a fashionable way to die. 
because it didn't leave a mutilated corpse. You were young and you were thin and you were pale. Um. Yeah. It's like meth. Yeah. Lord Byron actually wished he could die of tuberculosis. Lord he was Byron. jealous of people dying of tuberculosis. All he had to do was go lick them. Well, they didn't know that yet. Well, he could have tried. And it actually became like common knowledge that a woman's attractiveness determined how likely she was to contract the disease. The more attractive you were, the more likely you were to get tuberculosis. Because it was seen as a sign of beauty. So obviously the pretty people are going to be the ones getting tuberculosis. Actually, that makes sense, though, in the sense that, like, um, psychologically, our brains are trained to be more, like, wanting to be near people who are, who are like, objectively attractive. So they ha- would have had more people around them to give them tuberculosis. And, of course, because this is seen as a, a very a, a disease for the young, rich, and attractive, uh... It influenced fashion. Uh, the pale, transparent skin and the sickly, waifish thinness. These are already kind of an established beauty standards, but the disease kicked it into overdrive. We brought this back in the late 80s, early 90s and called yeah. it cocaine chic. Yeah. Um, there was the red lips and blushed cheeks, uh, which were just symptoms of low-grade fever. Uh-huh. And this also inspired tight corsetry around the waist and billowing skirts to make you appear as thin as possible. And the use of makeup to have red lips, uh, pale skin, and pink cheeks. Which we still do today. We still do today. How am I supposed to know who has tuberculosis now? It's so hard to tell who has tuberculosis. It's like, they're coughing. Is it tuberculosis or is it COVID? We may never know. Okay, I will. I'm getting really tired of having to explain every time I cough. Like... This week, I took a bite of a, like a cake that had cocoa powder on top, and I breathed at the same time. The cocoa powder went in my throat, and I coughed for a solid minute. And then people were looking at me in terror. <laughs> but so yeah, but look, as as we developed an understanding of germ theory, it was discovered that tuberculosis was in fact caused by bacteria and not bad air or by being a hot person. Yeah, being and, a hot person causes other issues. But shockingly, when we discovered it was caused by bacteria. It again influenced fashion, but this was because of people trying to prevent the disease now. Uh, with They thought that women were getting it more often because they wore these long, sweeping skirts that they thought were brushing up the bacteria from the ground so it'd fly around in the air and get to your lungs. Okay. Nonsense. Yeah, but given, the, given their understanding of it at the time, I get it. Yeah. So, like, there were actually, like, you know, like, public health campaigns basically calling women like vectors of disease and like cartoons of them like sw- like but trailing death behind them as they walk they honestly they also weren't allowed to show like their fucking ankles at the time i know this was all a way to keep them at home wasn't it and of course almost ironically the uh corsets that they that they were wearing to look like they had tuberculosis and were really thin they thought that was actually giving them tuberculosis and that they developed a more elastic health corset that wouldn't completely crush your organs and lungs. Oh boy, I think afterwards I'm going to have to have a talk with Austin about the various types of uh, shapewear women wear now because these things are still around. Well, obviously everyone is in danger of tuberculosis. I mean, are you ever not in there danger? There is blood on your hands, Spanx. Um, yeah, I can't wear Spanx. <laughs> yeah. It has nothing, but Spanx, if you sponsor us, I will wear you. Dude, if Spanx, if you sponsor us, I will wear you. Okay, Spanx. 
Everybody tweet at Spanx and say that if they sponsor us, Austin will wear Spanx and I will make a TikTok of him doing so. My butt is going to look so good. So, of course, this uh, changes in fashion wasn't just limited to women. Uh, People thought that beards were trapping the bacteria, which, Maddie, say it. I know you want to. Your beard is full of shit particles. Yes. And it's Uh, growing yeast. Yep. Which, again, this is uh, a large-scale sampling of bacterial cultures in men's beard found all kinds of diseases and uh, particulates of poop and fecal coliform. And probably tuberculosis. Yes. And as a result, the elaborate Victorian mustaches began to disappear. That is actually really disappointing. Have you ever seen somebody with a glorious mustache? Yes, and we make fun of them because they're on typewriters in the coffee shop. Okay, the dude in Boston did not have a typewriter, but he did have an Instagram just for his mustache. And the adventures his mustache had around Boston. It was fucking awesome. I saw him once in real life before I knew about his Instagram. Oh, and also interestingly, um, for a while they thought sunbathing was a good treatment for the disease. And this partially led to the modern practice of tanning. At the same time, vitamin D does help with a lot of immune system stuff. So take vitamin D supplements and don't get cancer. Not in this case. If you have tuberculosis... Go get antibiotics. Yes, I'm, but if we're talking about like maintaining a healthy immune system, part of it is getting a, like a reasonable amount of vitamin D. Yes, of course. The you know the influence of this went beyond just fashion. It also went into the arts and in music. La Boheme. Yeah, there were several operas where the star-crossed lovers, where the woman just dies of tuberculosis. La Boheme uh, and La Triviata are some mm-hmm. of the best-known ones that you might have heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with La Boheme, you probably also know about the two modern musical adaptations, even if you haven't seen them. Seen them, Moulin Rouge and Rent. Yes. Now you know. Sure, tuberculosis is popular, and almost everybody wanted the look. But shockingly, most of the people did not want to die. <laughs> uh, and for a long time, since we didn't know what caused it, and after we figured out it was disease and it was bacteria, we still didn't have antibiotics, and we couldn't effectively treat it. So, uh, at first, when people thought it was bad air causing all of this, uh, it caused a sanitarium movement popped up, where people thought exposure to clean air or different environments could cure the disease. Yes. Uh, there's uh, there are places like beaches uh, of varying warmth, all the way from like frozen icy ones where they thought the cold sea air would do it, to hot ones where they thought the hot sea air would do it. Uh, also up in mountains, again like the mountain air would cure it. Uh, yeah, was Colorado like one of the most popular places yeah, for this? Colorado, the Alps, all of these places. Uh, for a while, they thought caves would do it. The pure cave air and constant temperature were thought to be a great treatment for tuberculosis. That seems like a great breeding ground for tuberculosis. Yes. And because like this became a thing for rich people to do because they charge a lot for it, they'd build these basically big fancy hotels and people would travel there to try and cure tuber- tuberculosis or send loved ones there to cure tu- tuberculosis. And it was kind of like a vacation. Yeah, it's actually kind of fascinating to read about with like this and other diseases and the varying levels of effectiveness and the short and long term effects of them. Like, because honestly, if they had just gone up there and been like camping, maybe it would have helped. Being in a hotel, though, surrounded by other people with tuberculosis, constantly reinfecting each other. There was some more radical treatments. For example, uh, uh, surgically collapsing a lung to allow it to rest and heal 
was a treatment that they actually used on around 600 people. And it was kind of effective. And it was actually based on a treatment pioneered in the 17th century. What do you mean by it was kind of effective? Like it, people would recover slightly after having their lungs collapsed for, for a long period, a lung collapse for a prolonged period. So it would rest and kind of drain. How do you uncollapse a lung? It's complex. Basically, it's involves like pressure stuff and like kind of reinflating it almost. I've got my thinking face on. This is not just an yeah. awkward pause. I'm considering the implications of that. And of course, uh, horrifically, in the 1930s, Canadian doctors tried surgically removing infected tissue from native uh, indigenous patients. This was not done with consent. Mm-hmm. But then there was another popular treatment that was became po- popular across New England that you already talked about. A little bit. You see, the treatment that spread across there was you needed to kill the vampire that was preying on your town and your family. And the weird thing is, though, like, it it worked. Like, in some cases, that is when the tuberculosis outbreak ended is when they killed the vampire. I'm sure it was just a coincidence, but it happened enough for it to be noticeable. Well, it, it like, in their mind, it made sense. It was a contagious disease that people didn't know was a contagious disease. So people were wasting away around you, and it was like they were being consumed. Like, you know, they called it consumption for a reason. And so it seemed like a supernatural force was stalking your family and slowing killing them, going from one victim to the next as people got infected by the family members that they didn't know were contagious around them. So to stop this vampire, what you needed to do was exhume the body of the vampire, usually the first family member or person in your town, to die from tuberculosis. And if they had not decayed, which was common in New England because the cool down ground temperatures would actually preserve the buried bodies. And they would often still have like the red lips and all that oh, shit yeah. because there was blood everywhere that had like yeah. pooled in weird places in your body. Yeah. Yeah. They were the vampire that was feeding on everyone and you need to destroy their internal organs to keep them from coming back to kill again. And some people would even inhale the smoke of the burning organs as a possible cure to tuberculosis. Yeah, there's a couple of really horrific stories of like people who tried to refuse to do this when it was their family members and what was done to them. Yeah. Now, although we have evidence that this actually happened, that people did this, there is actually only a handful of recorded cases of this. Six or seven, depending on what source you're looking at. But in every single one, it worked. It did not. <laughs> they thought it did. They thought it did, but it didn't actually work. There were, you could it's like you could see that there were cases in these places afterwards, even in the same family after they had done this. But they thought it's done. We've done. We did it. Then it's like, oh, they're just dying of regular tuberculosis. This isn't vampires. We got the vampire. Well, there's nothing good nor bad, but thinking makes it so Horatio. Yeah. And so it was a handful of cases. So it was not as widespread as a bunch of sensationalist articles I saw about the New England vampire panic made it seem like there were. It's like every town was digging up people and staking vampires. Wait, am I not supposed to be doing that? We live close to a cemetery and. I keep having to like hide the shovel because she says I'm getting vampires. <laughs> it's like, You're not. I mean, I've got like a like a 
a limit on how far back I'll go because I'm pretty sure the ones that have been there since like 1902 are probably not vampires because their ground is still like covering them. You don't you don't know that. Maybe they're very very meticulous vampires. Ooh, maybe there's a su- series of tunnels and they're digging themselves up through new graves. They're going in. They're going into the storm sewers. That's what they're there for. The fact that these are babies makes it more horrifying. Ooh, I do fully concede that this is a great horror movie concept. All right, so. Trademark, horror movie concept, vampire babies going through a tunnel system in the graveyard to come through the sewers and turn you into other vampire babies. It's like boss baby, but worse. (laughs) Nothing is worse than boss baby. And guys, I'm saying babies because there is like a baby cemetery subsection that is the oldest part. (laughs) It's the baby cemetery is the worst Muppet baby spinoff. So... (laughs) So yeah, that is that is my stuff on tuberculosis. Again, this was more freeform, not exactly a cohesive story, but just something I thought was neat and wanted to talk about, like the cultural impact of this disease. Okay, though, here's a question. Maybe you didn't find an answer to this. Yeah. Why do I still have to get a tuberculosis tuberculosis job oh, to work in certain places? It's when still, it's still, I know it still exists. But. It still exists. Um, if you're around people who are immunocompromised, it can be really bad, and it can linger in organs of people for a long time. And you can not show symptoms, and they can pop up, and can go away. But there's not a vaccine against it. There's not a. It's a vac. There's not a vaccine, but it can be treated with antibiotics. But I can't get the job if I test positive for tuberculosis. Yeah, and it stays in my body forever. Not forever, but for a long time, like months and months, like sometimes like, even years. I am the immunocompromised person in this situation. Yeah. So if I were to test positive for tuberculosis as a teacher, I would probably be unemployable, but not have known it until after I had wasted all that time and money getting that degree. Exactly. So uh, maybe we should get rid of that restriction, considering tuberculosis is not exactly common now. It is very not common. It's like, honestly, I am all for saying you have to get these vaccines unless you have a medical reason before you can do these jobs. Like as a teacher, I had to turn in. Yeah, uh, teachers, you might have forgotten this. You had to turn in a vaccine form before you started. Yeah. Um, but I had a medical exemption for one vaccine, which I have since gotten vaccinated for because I figured my death was worth more than was worth. It was more, it was better that I died as an adult than twenty five babies died. Um, I don't know. I disagree. I think I figure if I can fight twenty five babies, my life is worth more. So, Austin, you're terrified of babies. You can't fight them. You would run. It's like my, I think my, I think if there's twenty five of them, I'd realize I could not run. I'd have to turn and fight them. This is why I'm not allowed to go to nurseries anymore. Wait, why were you just going to nurseries? To fight babies. Okay, no. You're not allowed to go to nurseries because you're fighting babies, not because of the quantity of babies. It's not like you walked past, counted them, and then determined whether you should go in. It's like, it's only 20 babies. That's more than I could fight. That's That's fewer than I could fight. That's not a challenge to me. (laughs) A mere 20 babies. Are you okay? okay so how let's ma- end this nonsense? Are you ready for questions? <laughs> how many babies would it take to make up one Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it is really, really hot in this room. <laughs> I think we're getting delirious. I think, yeah, I think so. So let's in this ahead. episode so far, Jesus has fought bacteria and babies, well, okay. and we have offered to put Austin in spanks if they agreed to sponsor us. Uh, that's because I'm going to have to referee for the Jesus baby bacteria fight. It's a battle royale. Wait, whose side are the babies on? The babies are their own thing. They're agents of chaos. They're babies. 
Wait, wouldn't bacteria be agents of chaos? Because no, no, actually, they, they, bacteria are pretty organized. They're a force of nature. They've got mitochondria, which is the, power the powerhouse house of, of the, the cell. cell. All right, are you ready for questions? I don't know. <laughs> well, too bad. Okay. Will the fact that being hot is not a pre-existing condition that makes you more likely to get tuberculosis be on the test? I mean, being hot is a pre-existing condition, and tuberculosis itself can be a tuber- uh, pre-existing condition, but one does not cause or affect the other. <laughs> uh, this is a correlation, not causation thing. I mean, it explains why I tested yep. negative for, for, for uh, tuberculosis. I wasn't hot enough as an 11-year-old. <sighs> There's a Madison Cawthorn joke in here somewhere. No, not Madison Cawthorn. Uh, Matt Gates. There we go. Should, oh, yeah. You were just in Florida. You should know about Matt Gates. I was in a resort in Florida oh. uh, listening to a parrot scream. <laughs> okay. Will the fact that beards are full of bacteria, yeast, and poop be on the test? It should be. Uh, and will the fact that basically everything we do is inspired by something Victoria, Queen Victoria decided to do over 100 years ago be on the test? Oh, did you actually have that in there? Yeah. Like, you didn't even say just for funerals. You said in general. Yeah, it's like, Victoria influenced so much shit. And she didn't mean to. Like, she was just doing her thing. I really didn't need to talk to cover her, because she's yep. been, like, on my list. Um, that won't be one question. That'll be a question on several different tests. As Victoria would have wanted. Victoria would be like, why are you doing this? I'm, she is not amused. And she is the second longest reigning monarch in... After, after Queen Elizabeth II. After Queen Elizabeth II, who... Is still going is as of recording. Still going as of recording. Actually, and... I got a New York Times alert. I'm just going to check it real fast. Oh God, I brought up Queen Elizabeth Austin. Did I kill her? <gasps> no. No. But I'm... Okay. Okay, guys, if Queen Elizabeth dies this week, I apologize. I have killed again. All right. And, well, the fact that uh, Victorian fashion puts modern goths to shame beyond the test isn't it kind of essentially steampunk no because like think about it it's like oh you've got this like you're wearing black and you've got this shirt of a band that does sad songs you like well i want to be as i want to be i want to be as pretty as a person dying of a horrible wasting disease and if i'm lucky maybe i'll actually get this wasting disease i'm trying to look like i've got and die horribly and young so suck it goths Sorry, now I'm just imagining a goth wearing a Celine Dion t-shirt, so I've gone to my own place. Yep, we've lost her. Okay, so that was tuberculosis this and like, the outbreak of the bubonic plague in the United States. Okay, um, I'm, I'm calling it now. I'm titling this episode, Oops, All Diseases. <laughs> uh, we did promise you, though, that if you stuck around, you'd get to hear that Austin met our ghosts this okay. week. Okay, le- can I tell the story? You can. So, the first thing that might be a ghost... It might not be. I might have just sleepily turned off a mm-hmm. light. Is uh, we have smart light bulbs because we're lazy. Yeah. And so, like, there was one that was she had scheduled to come on and off at certain times to help her wake up. Well, it stopped doing it. I got these alerts about it not working. So I thought it's like I wonder what's not working. Then I realized, oh, this lamp was turned off, and I didn't remember turning it off. So maybe a ghost turned off a lamp. Okay. So to add on to that, this is in the room where things like the um, fan cord has looped up on itself in a way that was defying physics um this is this is one of the rooms that's most active and the way that the lamp is positioned you would have to sit up lean back over the bed and reach around several bits of crap i've got sitting around it you'd remember yeah. doing that i don't know if i'm sleepy i don't remember things sometimes so that's a possibility the other one was 
I heard uh, what I thought was a cat running behind me and stopping at the stairs. So I turned around. No cat there. It's like, huh, that's weird. I called the cats and like none of them were around. So like, that's weird. Then I turned around and a second later, I hear a cat scratching in the same spot. Turn around. No cat there. A few minutes later, one of our cats comes trotting up the stairs, goes to the spot where I heard this noise, sniffs it, then runs back downstairs. We have, I believe, a new permanent resident. I call it Shadow Cat. Mm -hmm. And I have seen it. Like I call it Ghost Cat because Shadow Cat's a trademark of the X-Men. Not the way I spell it. Okay. Um, it's Gray Cat. It's fluffy. It's in between the sizes of our two Gray Cats. And I have seen it. Like physically seen it um, running on this set of this like shelf thing that the cats like. And I looked up, I saw it, it looked over, it saw me, and it literally just popped out of existence. Like we made cat to human eye contact. Um, so I was telling Austin about Shadow Cat. And he was like, because mm, he, they, we do have occasionally mice and stuff that show up. Yeah. But you've also seen our cats playing with what appears to be another cat, but there's no cat there. I mean, cats are weird. Are they, though? They are. Are our cats that weird? Yes. But they've got, like, three buddies that they typically like to play with. Yeah. And a couple of them have been acting like they're playing with another cat. To the point where, like, a while back, I looked at Austin, like, do cats have imaginations? Because she looks like she has an imaginary friend. They did not see the shadow cat. Yeah. But I don't know if shadow cat comes downstairs. She might have an imagination. So, yeah. Austin in the... Austin was like, okay, in the days you're gone, I'm going to keep, like, an open mind. Because he's never been, he's never home when the ghost stuff happens. Mm. And I guess he did. And the ghosts were like, let's give him a couple of like gentle, gentle taps to see if he's actually keeping an open mind. And he was. So I'm, I got so excited. You have no idea how excited I got. Yeah. Because there are times where I thought Austin was like, oh, she's making shit up again. It's like, I think a lot of the times it's like, I'm sure that there's another more rational explanation that maybe you just haven't thought of. Yeah, but at the same time, have you ever known me to not look for a rational explanation? That's true. Like, when the fan cord happened, I stood up on that bed for a good half hour trying to replicate it. It did not work, and it scared our cat. Yeah. That's the thing, ghosts. Don't freak out my cats. I do not appreciate it. We, and we are both there for the footsteps. Mm-hmm. The footsteps that were, like, like almost like tiny kid footsteps running down our hallway. That was terrifying. Yeah. Honestly, that one was terrifying. Like, I thought you were asleep. You thought I was asleep. And all of a sudden, I just hear you go. Did you hear that? And I was like, shit, thank God he's awake. <laughs> so yeah, that was... So this was our uh, all disease special. Oh God, we've gone on for forever. So uh, friends, wash your hands. Yep. Brush your teeth. Take a shower. I've done episodes on two out of three of those things. Yes. Probably t- do one on br- teeth brushing at this point. Yeah. Um, there are correct ways to brush your hands and bathe. You should do the correct ways. Uh, while you're at it, continue to not touch your face. Remember, COVID does still exist, and you can still get it, even if you're vaccinated. So, unless you want to be quarantined and have your homes burned down, take good care of yourself. Find us on all social medias at On the Test Pod. And I guess on that note, class, class dismissed. dismissed. It's a billion degrees in here.